Folks, we have been somewhat delinquent in checking in with our friend, especially considering uh, all of the most recent gun violence that has occurred, considering the Rittenhouse case. We've been anxious to get back with him, but we are with him today, thankfully. He did something very important yesterday, as he does every day. We're going to hear all about it from Guns Down America, our dear friend, Igor Volsky. Igor, how are you, buddy? Mark, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Of course, always a pleasure to have you. You were were with some of the Parkland survivors uh, at the White House yesterday, weren't you? Yeah, you know, Mark, in the aftermath of that Michigan shooting you mentioned where uh, four people died, uh, multiple injuries, uh, Manuel Oliver, who lost his son Joaquim in the Parkland shooting in February of 2018, really became incredibly frustrated that since his son died almost four years ago, our government and our leaders have done very little to address the public health crisis of gun violence, that this president who ran on one of the most comprehensive gun reform agendas in history, who made personal promises to American voters, to the families who lost loved ones, that he would prioritize this issue. Uh, There's this real sense that the president hasn't invested his political capital into fighting for change as hard as it is, Mark. Uh, And so uh, along with Manuel, uh, us and a whole bunch of other folks, survivors, advocates from across the country uh, stood and rallied in front of the White House demanding that this president in the second year of his administration take a different approach to this issue, that he actually uh, work to make a change in the legislative theater, as hard as that is, that he put together a White House office of gun violence prevention. Because, Mark, right now, there's not a single staffer in the White House whose full-time job it is, is to address and drive this crisis. Um, and that he announced that plan, this comprehensive plan that's also should include administrative actions, that he announced that at the State of the Union address early next year, because to us, and I hope you agree and and your listeners uh, and and viewers agree as well, that that's really the bare minimum from a president who pledged to us when he was running for office that this issue was close to his heart, that it was a priority for him, that he, unlike anyone else, really understood the power of loss. Uh, We expect him to live up to those promises. We We want to hold him accountable to those promises, we expect him, frankly, uh, to fight for our lives. Why do you think he has been so tentative about this? You know, I think there's many issues uh, or, or many reasons. You know, one is the fact that this is a hard and challenging issue. Uh, there's no single simple solution. There's a combination of policies. And by the way, this administration, as you and I have discussed, deserves a lot of credit 
for the steps it has taken in terms of uh, investing in the communities closest to the pain of everyday gun violence, of including $5 billion in the reconciliation bill that's now making its way through Congress for those community programs. Those are significant and in some ways transformational and historic changes that this administration um, is, is pushing for and fighting for, and I commend them for that. But my point is, uh, is that the crisis is so large that we simply need to do a lot more when it comes to tightening gun laws, when um, it comes to storing firearms, uh, for instance, as we learned in the Michigan shooting, when it comes to cracking down on firearm trafficking. Um, and ultimately, as I say, you know, this is what the president promised us. And so this is uh, what we expect. The, the other piece here, you ask, why hasn't he done it? You know, I argue that he's simply not staffed for it. The fact that there's not a team of folks, not even a single person who's focused on this issue, that presents a real challenge uh, for working on it. Um, and then the last is that I suspect there's a bit of political calculation in play. Uh, there's always been a fear uh, with this issue, Mark, as you know, that if, if Democrats or progressives talk about it too much, that it's going to energize the other side. So best for us to keep quiet. But of course, as we've learned and as we learn time and time again, that cost of keeping quiet is simply too high for us to bear because it costs us our costs us our lives. Yeah, and, and I've been having more discussions about that. That that is the um the consultant class culture that has taken over the Democratic Party. Shh, don't 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 say nothing. <laughs> Just be cool. Um I was with some allies just the other day in the, in the meeting and I'm black, you know, I'm black as black can be. And, and the white allies were saying uh, Biden needs to talk more about racial justice, not run from it. And you know, there was this poll that was just done or this study that said Democrats shouldn't talk about that um, to get reelected to the midterms. And I'm sure you can put gun violence right with it. Nothing seemingly controversial, as you said, so as not to energize the other side, but some allies were saying just yesterday uh, to me, um, that that's a mistake. Um, you don't lead by running from things. You don't mobilize people nor voters by running from things. You have to take them head on um, and, and put that contrast out there. So this is very important. So, since you mentioned oh, the $5 billion, and we've talked about that before, um, that's in kind of embedded in the Build Back Better, uh, where you mentioned is working its way through. You have any sense on where that is? That's still in terms, that's, that's in the Senate, that's, That's in the Senate. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, the Senate Majority Leader, Senator Schumer, has indicated his intention is to vote on that bill before Christmas. Um, but, you know, we still don't have a clear sense if that's something that Senator Manchin from West Virginia is going to support. He said, I think, uh, yesterday that uh, that to him is not a top concern, that inflation is. Um, and so it's unclear, uh, you know, the timeline or, you know, whether or not we can get it across the finish line. Igor and I are talking about it, perhaps uh, um, not specifically enough. For those of you who don't know, $5 billion in the Build Back Better to go to um, gun violence organizations on the ground, gun violence, violence interventionists yeah. in local communities, as yeah. important as, as that is. But, but, I hope that the administration, I think, and what that's, and that's big. I want to, you know, I don't want to 
we've never met about that. Yeah, we should know that just quickly that these programs that have been around really since the early 90s are based on this idea that in any community, a very small number of people that are really identifiable are responsible for the vast majority of gun violence. And so if you're able to get to the, if you're able to identify those folks and then start building relationships with them through trusted messengers and other leaders in the community, if you offer a package of services and different life options, that folks tend to put those guns down and then you break that cycle of interpersonal violence. Um, and so those kinds of community initiatives that are community led and community driven have been incredibly successful uh, in cities across the country. And it's the president's intention. And this is as a, a result of the work of so many terrific community leaders across the country um, of boosting uh, those programs through this historic, what will be uh, historic federal funding. So it's incredibly important, but it has to go hand in hand with uh, trying to control the supply of firearms, um, trying to ensure that certain kinds of very dangerous weapons um, are, are off our streets. Uh, and so that alone, as important as it is, cannot stand alone because it will not succeed alone. And, and that, that's, the, that's the point, folks. More MIP after this message. And I hope the administration <laughs> in this culture we're in now doesn't think, well, we, we're doing that and that's all we're going to do and that's all we can do. Uh, and frankly, we've still got to get that over the finish line because we're dealing with uh, we're dealing with with Joe Manchin. Uh, we do well to hear from you. We've we've not talked since the Rittenhouse verdict. Yeah. Um, let, let's start there. Um, you and I talked about it when the when the incident happened, but help our audience understand um, how gun laws and reforming gun laws would have played a role in even preventing something like that. And and look, now we know that he got off um, and there are states that are um, it, it, almost incentivizing people to target First Amendment uh, demonstrators. What that means, you know, I, by the way, I <laughs> it's interesting to me that there's a first amendment and a second amendment and that someone would use a second amendment to harm those exercising the first amendment and i say to people uh that's why the first amendment is the first amendment it's amendment number one they didn't when they were prioritizing amendments they didn't make amendment number two number one they made amendment number one the, the freedom of speech freedom of assembly and so that's the one that ought to be the most sacred but 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 talk to us about that and and what the rittenhouse uh, verdict, uh, how he got where he got to doing what he did, but now what it portends now that he was found not guilty. Well, I'll just say quickly about the amendments. The history of the Second Amendment is such that it's really a historical accident. Uh, that was never the intention of the initial founders in the drafting of the original amendments, but that's that maybe gets us on another tangent. In terms of Rittenhouse, Mark, to me, this is really a reflection of uh, a concerted effort by conservative leaders, by organizations like the National Rifle Association to really change the dynamic of self-defense laws across the country and establish a framework of shoot first, ask later. Uh, that's how Kyle acted, but that's also how the system around him enabled him to act. The fact that in Wisconsin, 
you can bring a firearm and openly carry a firearm, including assault weapons, at political protests. That's a systemic problem because, as we knew from the trial, Kyle wasn't the only armed individual that night. Um, the fact that across the country, it's not the case in Wisconsin, although there's pieces of it, but I think there's what, I think 36 states now would stand your ground laws that um, allow individuals to, frankly, engage in a firefight um, and not have to uh, re retreat uh, if, if they feel like they're in danger. Uh, that's a real shift. And when you have self-defense law, self laws that are structured in such a way and you add to them the incredible proliferation of firearms in this country, right? 400 million firearms in American hands. And those firearms, as we've been discussing, continue to be so easy to get. That's an incredibly toxic combination. You put that combination into a box of a, a growing sense of insurrectionism, of armed political extremism, this idea that's out there now in conservative politics that's, I think, getting into our mainstream uh, society, that gun owners are in some way super citizens who are, a, who are entitled to use the firearm and the intimidation that that creates to kind of beat their agenda uh, through a democratic system. That's a real crisis. Um, and what we've asked of the White House, by the way, Mark, on this, is to conduct a federal review of uh, laws across the country, things like open carry, things like stand your ground, that empower these this kind of vigilantism um, and to create recommendations and work with states to repeal um, and amend some of those measures. Because the great fear is, and I'm sure you've discussed this, is the permission structure that verdicts like the Rittenhouse verdict create for individuals who are intent on using their firearms uh, to intimidate and to get their way. More MIP after this message. What are your thoughts about the, the Crumbly case and, and, and that family as well and, and what happened in Michigan? Well, you know, that that to me is, is, another, is another situation where us as a culture, uh, and we, you and I have discussed this, the role, and I saw your great tweet thread the other day that you sent me, the role that, that firearms play, um, the, this notion that you are, you know, you, you, you are somehow um, uh, not only more powerful uh, with a firearm, but that you, in a split second, uh, can make a decision that, of course, you know, can affect um, another life and, and can take uh, another life. Uh, what we need broadly, I think, in society, and Carol Anderson speaks to this so well, I don't know if you've spoken to her, is to really redefine what public safety looks like in this country. And to me, that's the threat across all of these cases, across this entire conversation, that for so many years, it's been centralized quite purposely and deliberately um, in the firearm itself, which of course is tied in with white supremacy and masculinity and wrapped in all of those uh, really difficult notions for us to unravel uh, as a country, but beginning to have a conversation of, uh, are we able to reframe um, what safety looks like in a democracy? 
where the gun maybe takes a back seat. That's the kind of conversation, frankly, that I think not only do our social and progressive movements need to be having, but the kind of conversation the president can start framing as well. Absolutely. Um, Igor is referring to the, the tweet thread, I, and it, it w w weren't my words, but uh, you all have heard me often quote Dr. Francis Chris Wellesley, and this was after Congressman Massey had his whole family around the Christmas tree with guns. Uh, many responded to that. But if if we stayed on pace, we'd be responding every day because now Lauren Berbert has her family out there with a bunch of guns. So that's a thing now. That's a that's become well, that's how they raise money. Right. That's now the goal of these folks is to become political celebrities, political rock stars to raise the dollars, not to actually, you know, act as as legislators or as lawmakers. Yeah. Yeah. Just to be to be popular in the past week. Is this so? And, and folks, we there's a, a news desert on this. Um, but if you go to. If you if you follow Igor on Twitter and they were out there at the White House yesterday and look at some of the, the things they've been posting, 700 gun deaths in seven days. Over 1400 gun injuries in seven days. This yeah. is America. This is America. And it's as you the desert is real. Right. Unless you're an impacted community, unless you're a direct survivor, unless you're someone who works on this issue. At times, Mark, it feels like you're screaming into the wilderness about this, despite the fact, as you point out, 100 people a day die, about 150 to 200 a day injured, nothing. You know, and frankly, I'll just, I don't mean to, to harp on this, but after the Michigan shooting, the president came out, I think it was that day, he was in Minnesota selling a, uh, uh, talking about the bipartisan infrastructure bill. Uh, they indicated to reporters that he was going to address the Michigan shooting. He's introduced by a student. He comes to the microphone. He spends several minutes reminiscing about Hubert Humphrey. And then he spends 20 seconds sending his thoughts to the families in Michigan. Now, that's a nice sentiment. But I thought that as a country, uh, and frankly, he is a leader, uh, we're ready to go beyond simply thoughts and we're able and we're ready to lead as he promised us uh, on this issue and to me more than anything it's a reflection of the fact that there is not a staff in the white house that is thinking about these this issue in a proactive way that is focused and has folks dedicated to this issue and so when people ask me well what do you want him to do what do you want him to do right he doesn't have 60 votes he can't break the filibuster what do you want him to do the number one thing I want him to do is to bring people into his administration who can work and focus on this issue day in and day out, who can help coordinate an intra-government response um, that will help us uh, get, get us to where we want to go in terms of building safer communities with fewer guns. That is something that is entirely within the president's control. And it's frankly shocking to me for someone who made so many promises Right. to survivors across the country that that for him has become such a blind spot yeah uh that is tragic uh, i i was referencing uh, the advice was given him and it got a lot of publicity the, the argument that he needs a, a a sister soldier moment but that to me was expansive in terms of all of these issues the 
just the uh, very loud silence, so to speak, uh, on issues like this. And it is troubling. That should be an office in the White House. That should be something that is staffed. I agree. I support that. I hope all of you do as well. And 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 lastly, Gord, it, it makes sense because you just said it. Others are trying to achieve rock star status um, by promoting guns and gun violence. Um, mm-hmm. So you need you need a, a counter to that. You need an opposite. Why can't we create stars who are anti-gun violence? Uh, <laughs> and and you know I I think that probably the number of Americans who are in favor of gun reform, gun laws, gun law reform, gun safety, and into violence, I'm sure must outnumber those who are taking. How many other people do? How many of y'all know somebody who's sending out Christmas cards? with guns around the Christmas tree. No, nobody. I mean, that's not something that is normal. That's that's sociopathic. So there's more of us than it is of them. And somehow I just wish we could impart that on the White House. No, Mark, it's uh, I hear you. Uh, And, you know, there are folks out there, people like Manuel Oliver, the Parkland father, who are working on this very project of how do you change the terms of the conversation? How do you reframe the way we think about this issue? He's an incredibly creative and talented artist who uses art um, and creative ideas to really shake up how we uh, view this issue. And, uh, you know, he's going to have and we're going to be working with him on some of this, uh, some real creative projects that um, that I think get to your very notion of how do you create an anti-gun violence celebrity or a safety celebrity. Um, And a lot of that, you know, frankly, I think starts with young people uh, and creating an identity within young people that maybe uh, having a gun uh, isn't an extension or or a a booster to your masculinity, Um, that maybe there are other ways to think about power uh, and safety uh, and, and, and community. And that's hard work. Uh, and it's going to take a long time. But the good news that I always fall back on is that, you know, 30, 40 years ago, if you ask the American people whether or not they felt safe owning a firearm, a majority would say no, that firearms do more harm than good. We're in a different position now. Those numbers have flipped. But the fact that and as a result, you know, of uh, a great deal of effort by the NRA and others. But the fact that we were in a different place once before, I think, gives me hope that we can uh, not only um, uh, get back to it, but do so in, in a more fair, equitable, more progressive way. Um, and that, you know, that is the work that so many of us are engaged in. Thank God you are thankful for all you do. Folks, gunsdownamerica.org, get involved. Um what you and Manuel are working on creatively. That's that's the definition of creative nonviolence, that's literally right. in this situation. Mm-hmm. And so we look forward uh, uh, to doing some of that work with you. Follow Igor Volsky also on Twitter. Stay um, awake when it comes to this, folks. 700 gun deaths in a week. We don't even know about that. And Mark, can, can I just say that if listeners want to help us push the president on this, they should go ahead. I don't have the number in front of me now, but they should go ahead and call the White House switchboard. You can just Google that number easily. 
and ask them for the president to meet with Manuel Oliver, who's standing in front of the White House, and personally commit to prioritizing gun violence prevention in his second year in office and to announce a plan of action to the entire nation at the State of the Union early next year. Uh, that number is 202-456-1111. 202-456-1111. Please call the White House switchboard. The hashtag on Twitter is Meet with Manny. Manuel Oliver, a, a parent who lost in Parkland. So, uh, folks, 202-456-1111. Contact the White House uh, and let's see if we can't uh, make that happen. Um, thank you, brother. Appreciate all that you do. Um, again, folks, this this has to happen, uh, and we've got to push this Biden White House to make it happen. 202-456-1111. Thanks, Igor. Thank you, Mark. Thanks for getting woke and listening to Make It Plain. Please remember to listen, like, and wherever you get your podcasts, please give the show a five-star rating. And please do spread the word. Let's all continue to pray for each other during this pandemic and this police-demic. If all hearts and minds are clear... It has been made plain. Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Try the Super Light Tree Runner with a cushy foam midsole and breathable eucalyptus fiber upper. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. So what can you do in a Super Light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com. Code SUPER24. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.